Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Take the national championships out, but was that as emotional of a locker room after a game as you've been around in a while? I think it was. Maybe including some of those big ones. <laughs> Do you always let the captain? Does that say you're thinking let the captains hand up the game ball? No, they just kind of did it. I just kind of okay. let them enjoy the moment, and uh, they, I can't remember who gave it to Trevor, and then they got the kicker. Marvin, Matt, and yeah, Mark, uh, Marvin. Yeah, it was, it was really. We have really good people in that locker room. It was Marvin Jones that presented the game ball to Trevor Lawrence. A bunch of game balls went out during. That celebration. I don't know that I would rank the Jaguars beating the Dolphins in London as being on par with some of Urban Meyer's college football accomplishments. But hey, whatever, whatever you have to say, whatever gets you through the moment, I guess uh, that seemed a little a little bit of a stretch to me, Chris. But it may have saved his job. Maybe the pressure I, hey, of how he felt after it was the similar. Maybe yes. where he was like, well, yes. the relief of it, they finally do it. You know, I can get behind that. But yeah, I have a hard time, like you said. But yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry, I didn't mean to inter- interrupt. Well, the the fact that, look, there, there were still people in the organization wondering what was going to happen after the game in London, right. win or lose. Right. Now, winning helps. May, I mean, who knows? Maybe that was the factor that caused Shad Khan to say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait at least finish the year or whatever." But you know, we talked about it last week. There were lingering questions about whatever the Jaguars were looking into to corroborate or debunk. The things Urban Meyer said two Mondays ago, three Mondays ago now, technically, after that all hit the fan after his decision to stay in Ohio and not accompany his team back to Jacksonville. Man, that seems like it was five years ago, not just a couple of weeks ago, um, after everything that's happened since then. But, you know, the the belief that something else is going to happen, just all of the different factors, there really were people watching and waiting to see if Urban Meyer would still be the coach. And maybe winning that game is what got him a reprieve at least for now Chris yeah I mean maybe no doubt about it I mean I give him a lot of credit you know going over there uh young football team got really outplayed in the first half you know again one of those games again the old adage of like man you got a chance to the the Miami Dolphins to really 
you know, put the, the Jaguars in a tough spot and dominated the first half of play. And there they were. They went into halftime and were only up 13-10. Uh, that, that had to be devastating. And that's, you know, good for Jacksonville, of course. And we'd had questions about them all year about, like, their second half and, like, adjustments and, you know, are things being done properly? Because we've seen just about in every game, the third, fourth quarter, they've kind of fallen apart after going into halftime in a fairly competitive football game. And this one was different. They were the better team in the second half. They bounced back. They seem to have a lot of the answers for the most part. And, uh, you know, good for them and, and good for, you know, uh, what, what's the damn kicker's name? I mean, unbelievable by him, right? Some Matthew kicks, Wright. Matthew, Matthew sorry, Wright. Matthew Wright, his great kicks there at the end of the football game. And he secured the job for good. The Jaguars just a few minutes ago released Josh Lambeau. Uh, so Matthew Wright has has earned the job with the game tying field goal and the game winning field goal to give the Jaguars their first victory since week one of the 2020 season. There was a questionable fourth and short call. That's kind of been the theme of the day in the fourth quarter by Urban Meyer. Let's hear from him as he explains the decision. Uh, they, they gave it to the right guy in James Robinson. We've been waiting for them to finally trust him in that spot, but it still didn't work. Here's Meyer talking about that. Short yardage. You know, that's three big misses we've had. Uh, fourth and uh, three fourths and one, one, two on the goal line, and then the one yesterday. And, you know, I'm going to have to self check myself, too, and say, is that the right thing to do? You know, that's just always been a, you know, when you're talking about that far to go in a game, go in the game. And, uh, and we got to first evaluate if that's the right call, second, about what are the actual play calls we're, we're doing. I love it when it's said with no sense of irony or sarcasm. I have to self-check myself. Uh, uh, maybe you do. They, they, it was fourth and one from the Miami nine with the Jaguars up by four points. But he's been hearing, trust James Robinson, trust James Robinson, trust James Robinson. And he did. And James Robinson didn't make it to the sticks. I don't know that I like that outside off tackle thing in a situation like that. Just blast it straight up the middle. Well, it's like it's fourth and two. You know, again, and it's fourth and two. Go up a touchdown. I, I just don't understand that. You know, I still think I think that was an inkling a little bit into his college thoughts right there. I mean, it's fourth and two. It's two yards. Let's let's just go win the game right there. Them. That's great. Yeah. That's when you're Ohio State and you're playing Northwestern. We know you're going to do that. That's fine. That's fine. It's not the same. You're the Jaguars. You're Northwestern. All right. You're Northwestern in the NFL right now. And I, I'm saying that, you know, half-heartedly. I don't know how good Northwestern is this year, but you know my point here. There's, there's, there's no guarantee you're going to get that in that moment. You know, you're, you're controlling the second half. You just got a big turnover with a stupid interception that Tua threw. Or maybe I'm off a little bit. Either way, I think I'm off on that one a little bit because then they turned the ball over with a fumble. I'm, I'm off. Forget that statement. But either way, you got a chance to take control of the football game and you've been controlling the second half of the game. That gave Miami a little juice, momentum. We stopped them, 17-13. Guess what happened? 91-yard drive, touchdown, and now the other team's winning 20-17. to That was one I, I don't get. I, I'm, in fact, both of these fourth and ones, I can say, and anybody could witness, I did not agree with either one. Brian Flores is later in the game. I don't get that one either. I'll second-guess well, that just as much. And, and that's one where uh, the game all. Was, was tied – 
and they went for it, the Dolphins did, and it didn't work. I think it was a, a running play out of shotgun it formation, exactly which right. you hate and I hate. Let's hear Brian Flores, the coach of the Dolphins, explaining the decision to go for it on that final drive that, that ultimately gave the Jaguars the opportunity to win the game. Trying to win the game. You know, fourth and one, we'll just... I'm not sure when the, the first one you, you mentioned, but, you know... Game's tied. We got an opportunity to feel good about getting a yard, and we didn't get it. Well, yeah, and they didn't get it, and the play call may have had something to do with this it. This is again. what I mean. Why are you running out of shotgun formation? Get up there and bash it or or just punt the ball and play for overtime because you gave the Jaguars a short field. You gave them the ball on their own side, uh, on the right side of the 50, and they didn't need to go very far to, to get themselves in position to kick the game-winning field goal. Oh, and by the way, your timeout, because you weren't ready to defend a Hail Mary, gave the Jaguars the chance to say, maybe we shouldn't throw the Hail Mary. Well, maybe we should try to get the first down. If Brian Flores doesn't call timeout before that that play with five seconds left where they were going to throw it to the end zone, the Jaguars, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they wouldn't have had a chance to second-guess their own decision and get the the first down and kick the field goal and win the game. Well, so he's I'm, got a couple of couple of things he's going to have to explain to Stephen Ross about how that game well, went sideways. Well, what do the analytics say? So no, I don't, I don't know. I didn't get a tweet from the analytics companies on that one. <laughs> that, that, it never seemed to get a tweet when it doesn't work. It never happens. It never it happens. It didn't work last night, though. Didn't I know, it didn't work last night. Okay, I mean, but it just doesn't seem to happen as as much as it should. I mean, it just it doesn't. You know, yeah, Urban Meyer, go up a touchdown. You guys aren't that good. They're dominating. Do that. Miami Dolphins, I mean, what? Is, I want to know, really, what were the analytics before that? I don't understand that. I mean, the first thing I would say is Jacksonville has a lot of pressure on them. They're on the pressure of being the stinkiest of the stinkiest. Make them drive the field and go win the game. Put pressure on them. Don't make it to where if they get two short completions, they win it or have a chance to win it. That would be the first thing I would say. I don't know how the analytics answer that. Then the second thing I would say is, Miami, you're the worst running team in football. So that doesn't, does that play into the analytics too? You know, again, and I, I don't know. But, yeah, I just feel like some of these just get swept under the rug. And, again, it just goes, it goes back to everything we're saying. And I love Brian Flores, but that's just everybody says this now. Aggressive. We're just trying to win the game right there. Right there. We tried to win it, win it. But you lost it. And that, I don't. I mean, again, and Urban Meyer, you tried to lose it. I don't know what the analytics said there. And I just, that's where I, it drives me crazy right now. I think the point that you mean to make is this. When someone is aggressive and maybe the analytics didn't support being aggressive, that's when it's crickets from Exactly, that's what I'm trying to say. Stats. Exactly right. Yeah. That's where you, you don't hear that. And then I would like to know. I would like to know. I just feel like we only hear one side of the story a lot of the times. But, yeah, that was one or either one. I can get behind McDermott's decision last night. We kind of laid it out. There's a lot of scenario, a lot of things there that supported a lot of positive conversations for him going for it. On the other hand, I don't, on this one, you know, looking at the game, your own team, evaluating it for what it is, I think these are two situations where I, I, I find it fair to criticize. I do. I, I, I don't think it all adds up when you try to add it up to go. Did it make sense to go for it in either one of those situations across the pond? And Brian Flores better start winning some games because he works for an owner who fired Tony Sperano during his fourth season, 
fired Joe Philbin during his fourth season, fired Adam Gase after his third season. This is season three for Brian Flores. They got seven games until the bye. Four of them are arguably winnable. It's like every other week. They've got the Falcons, then they've got... The Jets two weeks later, the Giants two weeks after that, the Texans two weeks after that, I think I've got it out of order, but that's the progression. Every other week they have a game they should win. And if they don't win some of these games, Chris, again, is it right? Is it wrong? Is it fair? Is it not? Doesn't matter. Stephen Ross may decide the time has come to change out the regime. And it makes me wonder, two weeks from today, trade deadline. Comes and goes. Well, this is the scenario. Do you make we a play? About. Do you make a play for Deshaun Watson? I just realized right. It might be. It might be over this year. Do you just start planning for the future? I don't know. That 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 was. We talked about this a little bit, you know. And hey, the offense in Miami is a little bit of an issue. There's no doubt. I mean, Preston Williams hurt. You know, Devontae Parker hurt. They they got issues running the ball, like we just talked about. So there's issues there. Let alone, is the owner going to be that cutthroat when everybody you talk to in football would tell you he's the reason they drafted Tua? You know, he had, I think you know I mean, he won't say that. I no, know. not well, my decision. I, not yeah. my decision. Okay, not my decision. Right, well, but you know what, Chris? Yeah. At some point, I know we got to take a break. Yeah. At some point, it's incumbent on the people in the football operations to deprogram the brain of the owner and get him to understand that it's not Tua. And and I know hindsight is crystal clear clarity, but I still don't know how anyone would have had Tua ahead of Justin Herbert. I don't know how that would have happened. And it would have been on Chris Greer, Brian Flores, and everyone else to say, hey, Steve, I know we've been saying tank for Tua for a while, but this other guy's better. And somebody should have figured that out. And uh, very few people, very few people in the whole business. uh, It's just, it's too many people that get caught up in like, wait, Alabama was winning and he's, he was a top recruit and he still, it must be because of him. I know Alabama hasn't been winning for the last 15 years. I I mean, I guess every quarterback should have been a top pick of the draft. I mean, that that's, let's take it. People get fall in that trap too much. Let's take a quick break. I'm sure that's something we'll be discussing throughout the course of the season, especially if the Dolphins don't turn it around after losing five in a row. Cam Newton waiting through six weeks for an opportunity. He's gotten a phone call. It's probably not going to lead anywhere, but it's clear he wants back in. We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. You said on your radio show this morning you guys had reached out to Cam Newton. Is that something you, you would still be considering, or are you happy with kind of your quarterback situation right now? Or well, we we're doing everything we can with everybody that's available always, and so um, I talked to him a couple times, you know, and just trying to see what, what was going on in his world and all that, and and, uh, and we're we're wide open and continuing to compete with that. And, you know, there was nothing to be done then, and you know, we're really counting on Gino to do the job, and, and that's. That's how the conversation went with him, too. I, you know, we were kind of like, you know, to do the job and all that. So, uh, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. I suspect when the phone call was made to Cam Newton following the finger injury to Russell Wilson, it was a short conversation. Hey, Cam, are you vaccinated? No, I'm not. Okay, goodbye. When a team needs a player, they need the player right now. Not five days later, which by rule is how it works. You got to wait five days before he's allowed in. You need him today. 
And not coincidentally, Cam Newton is now vaccinated. And it's a shame, not that the Seahawks definitely would have signed him. It's a shame that he needed to have that actually happen for him to realize he needed to get vaccinated. And I'm I'm inferring, I'm surmising that the final straw for him to finally get the jab was the fact that, you know, you're not going to be as attractive to a team that needs a player right now if you're not vaccinated. So he got vaccinated. The Seahawks have gone forward with Geno Smith. They at least called him. And, you know, here's part of the problem, Chris. If you've got Russell Wilson out for the year, then Cam Newton makes sense. Right. But Russell's coming back. Yeah. Locker room's not big enough for both of those personalities. It's just not. Cam Newton is not going to get signed until a team loses its quarterback for the rest of the year and chooses to go for him instead of the next man up. Yeah, that's right. That's how I envision it, at least. I mean, the Seahawks, they should have faith in Geno Smith. You know, again, it wasn't perfect last night. I mean, the other night on Sunday Night Football, but it was it was good. It was good enough. And I think they were probably a little too conservative, especially in the first half with the way they played anyways. You know, so, yeah. I, it, it, hey, to ask Cam Newton to go in there this time of the year, yes, I, I think that upsets the locker room. He's got to learn a new offense, get accustomed to all that. It doesn't necessarily make sense. Not, not for that right now. And like you said, Russell Wilson – I mean, I, he's gonna he's gonna be back as quick as any human on earth can possibly be back. We know he's obsessive. He's already talking about. It. He's got more range in his motion than he's supposed to have, and all that. So, you know, three four weeks, he'll be back in the mix again. And I'm with you. I just doesn't seem like the the right spot for for Cam right now. It's got to be more along the lines of what you're explaining. He'll be back. He's not gone anywhere. He was on the field. He was on the field after the fumble at the end of the regulation and all that mess. And then he went out there to. Call the coin toss in overtime. First time ever, probably, that a guy on injured reserve ended up going to midfield. All to call, tails. He uh, was right. Coin toss and 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 it well it worked, but they didn't win the game. Uh, but they you know I'm sure he believes they would have won the game if he played. And of course, maybe he's right. Uh, that's that's who he is, and that's you don't. We talked about this earlier with Baker Mayfield. You never want to give someone else a chance to come in and do your job. You never want to. In a setting like that, hell no. That's what. That's why Brett Favre never missed a game. That's why Tom Brady never misses a game, except when he has a torn ACL that he suffered in week one of the 2008 season and he couldn't play. You're always going to show up. You never want to give that guy a chance to do what Tom Brady did to Drew Bledsoe. Right. What Brett Favre did to Don Mikowski. Sure. Once you get the chance, if you play well... You're the new hero, and before you know it, you aren't going anywhere until yeah. you get injured and someone else comes in and takes your job. No doubt. I mean, to me, that's one of the luckiest things that ever happened to Tom Brady's career, the fact that that 2008 Patriots team didn't get in the playoffs at 11-5. and five. You know, I think that would have that changed everybody's perspective to a degree. Be like, well, they got in the playoffs without Tom Brady. It wasn't a big deal, you know. But, yeah, it, uh, you're right. That's why you don't want that, that opportunity. That's why Baker Mayfield's going to do everything he can to play. Now, you know, Seattle, yeah, Russell Wilson special. What Russell Wilson does is he allows he allows the the Seahawks to play a conservative game on offense and not do a whole lot and we're going to try to run and protect our defense a little bit and then they know he'll make three or four unbelievable plays that'll make it look like our play our offense is, you know, complicated and awesome to watch. And that's where he's a, a difference maker that way. He really is. Yeah, Geno Smith's not going to be able to make some of those magical plays that we see Russell Wilson make almost on a weekly basis. 
Up next, Chris's favorite segment oh, of yeah. the week. Goats in a bad way. Oh, my favorite. Six. More PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah, he can be the system guy that can like read the coverage and you can depend on him to be on the same page as the quarterback. But if it's just man-to-man coverage, he just he can beat his guy, plain and simple. You know, they got him matched on Jabril Peppers a few times early in the game where it's just like he's there's no way. Jabril Peppers can't cover him. That's not gonna happen. They're the most under-the-radar 5 and one football team, as we were talking about before. I mean, it's two quarters of not playing good against the Arizona Cardinals, and the rest of the year, they've outplayed everybody they've been against, period, in almost every quarter of the game. And that's not like a bunch of like crappy teams either. It's been some solid competition. And once they get it going on the offensive side of the ball, uh, yeah, they, they just got too many weapons. They're too creative on the offensive side of the ball. And like you've always heard me say, McVay will stay patient with the run game too to not let you off the hook that way. And, you know, it was a 3 nothing Giants, right? They stop the Rams. They get the ball. And they go down the field. And they're a little past midfield. And they go for a fourth and one. Okay, and they're on, they're not on the they're on their own forty one, and I don't know. It's one where I love the way like Joe Judge. He's to me a pretty good game manager, but you're up three nothing. You're on your own forty one. You're not exactly the greatest show on turf on the offensive side of the football sure. on football. Simsism. You've got a team, you know, by the kahunas, for lack of a better way to say it. When you get one-on-one with two, either one of those freak shows and Deontay Johnson or Claypool, then you got a team, you know, by the kahunas, for lack of a better way to say it. Simsisms. <laughs> Who voices those? Who voices those? That was hilarious. That was great. Is that <laughs> like, great. that was the best that part of great. it. The voiceover <laughs> of him saying it. 
That is amazing. Can we play that one more time? Let me hear them say I say can't it do one it again. more time. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, one more time. Saying, we got nothing else to do. Nah. You've got a team, you know, by the kahunas, for lack of a better way to say it. When you get one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Deontay Johnson. That is right. absolutely amazing. Goats in a bad way. Go, go ahead, pick one. Okay, pick fine. one, anyone. Pick a card, any card. All right. Well, um, I, I'm gonna go with Baker Mayfield to lead it off here. I am. You know, again, just fourteen down, fourteen nothing. The turnovers, the way he played in the football game. You know, not that it was horrible all, all the way through. I, I I don't mean to play that, say it that way, and I'm, I'm sorry he got hurt because he is tough. But I'm gonna lead off with him as down fourteen nothing. It's go time. You know, you got to make something happen. You want a new contract. You want to be the guy, right? I mean, loses kind of where he is in the pocket. Strip sack fumble. Next series. Okay, it's 17 nothing. Defense held him to a field goal. Let's go. Interception. 20 to nothing. Game gets back in, you know, in hand. I believe it's 23-14. Again, scrambles, kind of loses sight of everything around him. Strip sack fumble. And that was night-night. That kind of ended the game. So uh, I'm going to give him, you know, the goat in the bad way first pick here. The folks at SNL ended up being very prescient during weekend update on Saturday night. Daniel Jones of the Giants was described as a scarecrow attached to a Roomba. He had four turnovers and put another football on the ground that was recovered by the Giants. The, 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 hey, I, the clock isn't ticking anymore. The the. the, the it's ticked. It's done. It's over. It's over. It's time to hit the reset button in New York. What an embarrassment to lose at home 38-11 to to the Rams. And look, I know the Rams are really good, but the Giants are not. And it was a stark illustration of how far the Giants have to go. Jones is not the answer. Dave Gettleman is not the answer. And Joe Judge, who I know they love and they want to keep, he better coach his way out of this maze or he's going to end up not being the answer either, Chris. Uh, I, I mean, I hear you in a lot of ways there. I, I, I do. You know, I mean, gosh, it's Daniel Jones has had some really good moments this year. He's been one of the bright spots. But again, yeah, it's, you know, it's not necessarily consistent enough. And then he got hurt against the Dallas Cowboys when they were kind of coming back and making that game competitive. And yeah, it's kind of just, you know, the two things that people talk about with him as far as holding the ball in the pocket, he gets strip sack fumbled early on in the game when they need some momentum. And then through, through the bad interception where the guy was clearly, you know, covered. I don't know what he was looking at, at when uh, I believe it was um, uh, 24 rap Taylor rap for the Ravens to make the intercept or the Rams to make the interception. It was a bad look. I, I can't, I can't really defend it. And the pressure's on up here in, in New York, no doubt about it on the whole organization. It seems like everybody wants Gettleman, Joe Judge, Daniel Jones' head right now. Um, and I, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. I'm not ready to say that with Daniel Jones. I'm not. I'm not. Nor am I with Joe Judge. I don't know. I'm not, but we'll see where it goes. I don't know. All right, my next pick, I'm going to go Jared Goff. I am. Hey, Jared Goff, not that he was bad during the game, but a little bit like we talked about with like Daniel Jones and, and Baker Mayfield already. 
I mean, you're making $34 million a year. At some point, you got to do a little bit more than just throw to the wide open receiver and then just be like, well, look, I hit the wide open guy. Yeah, great. We know that. We can pay guys $4 million a year to do that. We need you to do something to help the team make a play, reinvigorate it every, time, every now and then. And that's where, to me, he drops the ball. And I think that's what Dan Campbell was referring to after the game, that they need more out of him. He's got to do something other than just, wow, I threw to the wide open guy, coach. I'm going to write something about this at PFT, and I spoke about it yesterday on PFT Live and PFTM. They can't act surprised by this. They knew what they were getting in Jared Goff. Yeah, they, so don't right. act surprised. Yeah, Brad Holmes came from the Rams. He knew what the Rams thought of him, and he participated in this effort to not let Stan Kroenke realize we're dumping a first-round pick in order to get rid of the Jared Goff contract that we never should have given him. So don't act surprised that Jared Goff stinks. He stunk before he got there, all due respect. Brian Flores, for me, between going for it on fourth and one and handing the Jaguars a short field and then calling the timeout that allowed them to realize, maybe we should just go ahead and try to get the first down and kick the field goal and win the game and end a 20-game losing streak. We'll wrap up the Goats in a Bad Way draft right after this. All right, one more round. Goats in a bad way. Week six. There are the current selections. Christopher, you're on the clock. All right, I'm gonna add. I'm gonna do a little combination here. I'm doing Sam Darnold, Joe Brady, like a little combination there in Carolina. Yeah, Sam Darnold's not been good. There's no doubt about it. Interception on the first play of the game. I mean, holy cow, that was bad. You know, yes, you know, but they had drops. And the one thing I'm saying, defenses are all over Joe Brady's stuff. They're all over it the last few weeks. It's like they know what he's going to call. So I'm going to call them both out there on this one. All right, my next one, and I don't know who it is, but I will just say generally, the moron who decided to call for a replay review of the DK Metcalf catch and fumble. That's fair. What the hell was that? As Not Mike sure Tomlin said, after he said, after he said, I got nothing to say. I got nothing to say. It was an embarrassment, and it was. Come on, man. Do better or someone else will do the job. That's it for today. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We'll see you on Wednesday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.